Imagine being pregnant and getting a diagnosis for your unborn child that is just one of the last things that you would ever want to hear. A, a horrible message from the doctors that say your child will be born dying. Well, we have a special guest today who actually got that diagnosis years ago, and we have her story, which is a fantastic story, a touching story. It's not just a pro-life story, but it's a story about life, the difficulties that everyone faces and how she and her husband approached it, the blessings that God have, had given her because of that. And there might be some, you know, maybe a little angelic story involved in it too. You don't want to miss it today. Stick with us on Alabama Unfiltered. Welcome into the program today. This is Alabama Unfiltered. I am one of your hosts, Scott Beeson. Allison Sinclair is with me. Amy Beth Shaver is also here as usual. We have a great show for you today. Don't forget before we start that you can find this podcast at all the places that you usually look for podcasts, whether it's over at the uh, Apple Store, over at Spotify. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Rumble now. Allison thinks we might be at Podbean, but that is a debate that we're having as we the no show idea. begins. In my head, we're on Podbean, so somebody we're, look there. Well, you know, it's possible. Thank we're you. Over Give there. us a thumbs up, and also we're on somewhere new. You put us somewhere new, Allison. Well, no, we were on Rumble. We just weren't getting much traffic there, but um, like a badge of honor, we're getting kicked off YouTube. So I think we should. Oh, start. are we kicked? Off we're going to get kicked off oh, again for today's well, show. By the we way, we have two strikes against us, and then we're like permanently. If banned. we actually tell people the truth. Mm -hmm. We'll be kicked off YouTube. Well, guess what? We're going to get kicked off today because we're telling the truth. Absolutely. And don't forget, we are powered by 1819 News. Please go to 1819news.com. Sign up for all of their newsletters. And so you can stay up to date on what's going on with the state of Alabama. So, ladies, How what are we doing? You? Where are we going? How you are y'all? We are good. How are you? Hot. Hot. Temperature hot. Driving around with the top down? No, no, no. You it's way too hot on? for that. Okay. Yeah, I got the air on, but um, it's like 198 degrees in Birmingham. At least. Other than that, I'm mm -hmm. good. Is it, um, It you know, they give that feels like temperature. Why do they even bother with that? Because they want to make it sound worse. Feels like You're hell. You're going to make <laughs> it's two degrees hotter. It two degrees cooler. That's why they do it, though, isn't it? So yeah. you think it's super, super, super hot? Yes. So. Yeah. Stay All right, before we get started. Yes. Did anybody do anything at the World Games? Did y'all go to any World Zero. Games? Zero. None? World, well, here's the deal. It took Goose me We had a show about weeks. supporting women's sports. I know. And the two women on this show went to nothing, and I went to the I women's softball game. I supported by watching game, the opening games. Chanted USA. You only did it for like yeah. whoever the, did the concert or something. No one told me that they were all of the sports that were not in the Olympics. What did, did you, you know that? Was? I knew that. I had no what idea what it was. was. I just knew we were doing things. <laughs> just a bunch of people. Just well, I knew we were playing games. It was good. And they were, you know, like softball and like rollerblading and sumo parkour. wrestling. I would have loved parkour. to have seen parkour. Chris wanted to go. We really didn't have time. <gasps> have you never watched I The Office? I went to a game. Don't give me the, <gasps> what's, what, what's The Office? No, I know what The Office oh, is, but what is sorry, parkour? Sorry, I just slammed the table. <laughs> Parkour is like when you bounce off, like you run and you jump and you like climb the wall and then you you jump to that wall and then you jump on the desk and then you, it's bouncing around. So I've seen that and like it would on have YouTube been, or you've seen it. Rumble. I don't know why I think of like right. Dwight and <laughs> Michael on the office doing parkour. Well, I went to the women's softball game and chanted Good USA, USA, and we beat Japan and it was fantastic. I was a patriot. I don't know what y'all were doing. I was out of town. I, I was cheering oh, from yeah, my heart. I remember I was, where you were. I was right. in my heart. And I you were cheering. cheering. 
So what do we have today? Now that we've we've rounded up the world games, that I'm the well, only supporter of the local economy and the country. We we have a great show, and in fact, in light of Rose reversal, we have mm-hmm. we have a story, and we have a guest who is my ride or die, um, is one of my very best friends in the world, and. In order to tell the story, I'll start with the story and let her jump in. Um, But imagine that you get the worst kind of news early on in a pregnancy. Um, And then, though, you decide that you are going to let the Lord write your story. Hmm. Uh, My precious friend, Holly, is here today. And can you imagine driving to Tampa, Florida with your friend and you are, how many weeks pregnant were you, Holly? I may have, I think I told the physician I was, uh, I, I wasn't feeling any pain. I was around 36, 37. I, I think I may have flubbed a little just so I could do a road trip with you. But yes, <laughs> I was in the last couple of weeks. And we yes. drove from Charleston with newborn Wesley Catherine. Yep. She was four weeks old and screamed yep. the entire time. But you, however, yep. had your feet up on the dash, up and back. You were having Braxton Hicks and you tried to keep that from me. And you looked like any other beautiful pregnant girl, except you have a different story. What happened? Um, so thanks for leading off and thanks for having me, um, here, um, Scott and Allison. And of course, Amy Beth, this is just, uh, awesome to be able to talk with you today. Um, and just kind of tell our story and, and that really encapsulates, um, I feel what is happening in the U S right now, uh, especially with Roe v. Wade is that, um, it would be 21 years ago, um, dismay, uh, we had our daughter, Grace, and, and her story is still being told. So thank you, Amy Beth, for having me on here. Um, but um, do you want me to start when we were diagnosed? Is yep. that where you want me to start yep. with this? Or start. do you want me to? Well, yeah. What happened? We were pregnant at the same time. We were excited at the same time. Can you imagine like when you were having your babies and it's just mm-hmm. you're thrilled, first child coming out of a career in pharmaceuticals, right? Um, you're a military family. Yeah. By now, to this day, you yes. guys have moved. For how many countries have you lived in? A lot. Well, we've lived in. Um, we've done 18 homes. I've I've counted that up. Wow. We've done 14 moves and five overseas. Um, but um, going back to you know the the story that you've kind of unfolded is that we were on a, our first child. You had Emmy. Um, and then you um, had baby Wesley um, just a couple months, uh, I think in March, and our yep. daughter Grace was going to be born in, in May. And I was carrying a child that um, had a diagnosis of trisomy 18. So that's what was diagnosed, if you go back to um, your story of being diagnosed with um, a child that um, the medical community deems as born dying. That's, that's the terminology for a child like that. Um, so it was our first, I was 28 years old, um, having never had a child before. And this was all new and exciting. And like you said, I was pregnant just like everybody else, but yet I had this, um, this, this crazy landscape in front of me that was, um, unlike 
other people who were pregnant, you know, like you were with Wesley, you, you got to do the room, you got to um, tell everyone about your baby, you got to pick a name, um, and you got to be excited for what was to come. And for me, um, I had to find the joy, and I know we talk about this a little bit prior to the show, I had to find the joy in God's plan more than the boots on the ground issues with being pregnant because I could not choose, I couldn't make a room, um, I could not um, celebrate and have a shower, I could not pick a name, and I was picking out hospice care and, um, and also a uh, gravestone for my daughter, not knowing how long uh, she would live or if she would live at all. Um, so that was kind of the, the beginning stages um, or the ending stages of what we were going through at the time that you talked about in Tampa. Uh, we were diagnosed, if we roll back to December, um, right before Christmas. And um, they said, no, it's probably nothing. You know, you do the testing. Um, and then within about four days prior to um, Christmas, I got a phone call from the physician that said, um, well, you have one of two things. You either have, your child either has trisomy 18 or they have Down syndrome. One, they're going to die. The other one, you have to prepare for what Down syndrome brings. And so we lived probably through New Year's when I was able to come back to Charleston. Um, I was with my husband, he's uh, in the military, and we um, were away for Christmas. So in January is when I really started to dive deep into what it meant, what, what a child meant and whose who's it was. Mm. <laughs> and Grace was, was God's. So for so, listeners that don't uh, know, what is trisomy 18? So trisomy 18, uh, very layman's, I mean, you can, uh, layman's terms is, is um, there's the, the, the chromosomes um, on um, the uh, 18th chromosome, so trisomy 18, uh, there's one too many, there's tri, there's one too many chromosomes. So every single cell in um, the body is incorrect. So when, you know, when uh, fertilization happens and you have all the dividing of cells and, and all of that, um, the, the, the um, body is then formed, but every cell of the body now has an extra chromosome on it, which creates enormous amounts of um, confusion within the, the body as it's being, you know, formed, as well as um, an inability ultimately when they are born to be able to breathe on their own, uh, swallow on their own, uh, mostly because there's a lot of brain uh, brain damage. And so ultimately that's what is the demise of these children is that the brain is unable to tell the heart to beat and the lungs to breathe and um, all that. So, so early on, um, I actually, telling Amy Beth with this Roe v. Wade, you know, I, I was watching CNN the other night and, um, you know, as we do, I mean, we try to watch all actually, and uh, try to, you know, um, take all the news outlets and put it all together. But CNN is now pivoting. I notice on the Roe v. Wade, they focused on a family that had a, you know, a child with a lethal condition. And, um, you know, and, and they were just spotlighting how just horrible this was, um, that, you know, she wasn't able to um, terminate this child. And, um, mm -hmm. and again, that's a choice. I, I, I did counsel, you know, my, my background now has been to counsel a lot of these women and have compassion and recognize and kind of dive deep into where they are as a person, right? Because 
ultimately that is very important to God and therefore it's important to me as I counsel them. Um, but that, you know, that that's becoming their new pivot is that, you know, it's, it's not about the, it's not about the child and the baby. It's about telling these very heart wrenching stories that of course, every person to include myself watches the, watches the newscast and thinks, Oh my goodness, this is devastating. This is a horrible condition. But yet for me, the story for me is being able to see how, you know, I had to say whose child this was. And as a believer, I believe God is the, the author and the creator and the giver of life. He's the beginning and the end. So for me, once I recognized whose that baby's was, the path forward to me and the joy of of seeing um, this situation play out became larger than than her syndrome and how this was all going to play out, you know, and the decisions um, that then um, that we had to make uh, because it was advised that we terminate the child. So, yeah. How quickly, Holly, remind me after the diagnosis of trisomy, and that's also the same, is that the same as Turner's syndrome? Or is trisomy no, no, no. separate? No, so Turner's is trisomy 13. 13. So, okay. Yeah, so it's actually um, a little worse. Okay. So, I mean, in the gradient of worse, I mean, you know, kind of making light, yeah. but Downs, if there's a gradient of of, of um, genetic conditions and um, Downs is trisomy four, uh, 24, I believe. And so, so beyond that, as you move down in numbers, mm. it becomes much more severe. Okay. So 18, trisomy 18 is incredibly is worse than Downs. And then Turner's is even Wow. More, you know, as far as severity. And goes. So, so they yeah, jumped in different. and I remember because you came home from an appointment and they had, had advised you how, how long after they said, we recommend termination before you guys had to tell them, did you tell them immediately? Did you wait? Like, what was that process like? Well, you know, and, and I just want to caveat on this um, before I dive in is that this is our story. And I do believe that God um, does have a story for everybody, you know, in, in stories of keeping the baby. And also if they do abort the baby, I think that he can restore a lot mm -hmm. of things. So I just want to caveat on that because there Amen. were women that then I counseled afterwards who literally did not have the support, nor the knowledge base, nor the church. And, and man, the decisions that, that they then made are, are hard, right? And this was hard for us as you talk about our decision. We didn't take it lightly. Like we didn't, they didn't give us the diagnosis. I mean, Beth, and we just sat there and thought, praise Jesus, you know, praise Jesus. You know, I, I'm uh, immediately, we're keeping that baby. You know, I think mm -hmm. we sat for a long time and said, man, this is tough, right? This is, this is tough. This is real. This is feeling and real. And it's, and, and what does God want us to do? Um, and so I think I told you the story. Um, so tell me if you need to, if, if, can I tell the story a little yeah, bit of, sure. of how we made the decision? Is it okay? Absolutely. So, um, right before Christmas and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, and my background is actually in, in biology of a STEM uh, major. And so of course, a lot of that is swirling around. We're in a Bible study that then Amy Beth is part of, um, that has a lot of physicians. So we're asking a lot of questions. So that's what we did once we left, um, once we left the facility, trying to just say, what is this? First of all, <laughs> what of, you know, is God just going to heal this? I mean, that's what we, that's what we wanted, right? With, you know, immediate healing. Okay. You know, and, and so that's a whole thing too, right. As a believer, like, can God do it? And is he going to, and what if he doesn't? I mean, that's a whole, 
Right. It's a whole thing there. Uh, probably another show, frankly. Uh, but then um, I think that uh, we sat and said, OK, we don't know. And so but we do know that there is that God has a path for us. So um, there's a song by Amy Grant called Breath of Heaven. And it says, you know, breath of heaven, you know, light my darkness. Come over me. Um, your holiness, breath of heaven. She basically was saying I don't know what to do. And it came from Luke where she is saying, God, this is crazy, right? What, what is happening? I am pregnant. I don't like the situation. I don't really, frankly, probably want this situation, but ultimately she said, I'm your servant, mm-hmm. right? And so I think from Luke, that is the, was the springboard for, for my spouse and I to say, okay, we foundationally are believers. We know God is bigger than this. This is his child. We are just going to walk in faith and say, we are your servant. So from that, from that starting place then is where we made decisions, even when we dealt with the medical community. So we were educated, we were wise to speak with, um, well, your, your husband and then others who God had just put our, were, was constantly putting in our path in the orb of Charleston, which is really, again, so looking back, how gracious was he knowing that it was coming? Wow. So So after that happened and after you guys told them, you, you have a couple really good quotes. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but you said there was a reason that you gave to me as to why you guys chose, chose life. And then I want to jump after that Mm -hmm. to what happened in the hospital, because that story is remarkable. I believe, but you said that, um, I'm trying to find the quote, but talk to me about that time, about the decision that you made, because you, some of the women you counsel, here we go. Some of the women that you counsel don't have support, but then you also said that as pro-lifers, we have to be the community of people who sympathize, meet them in their time of need, expand on that a little bit for women who are literally in crisis. Well, I, th- I think this goes back to as I've as I'm getting older and I have teenage girls of my own, right? And um, we we all are, you know. I, I've, so I, I I recognize that that's also a platform that God, you know, uh, has given given me that the 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 blessing continues as I'm able to now use grace and and her um, ability to change actually a healthcare system and the way the whole um, MUSC dealt with lethal children and their families um that 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 is a a story that is still being told not only to my children but also here on this radio show so recognizing that that is you know that the decision that we that we make 20 30 years ago god still uses right that's the story right that that is you know using things for his glory um but um I, i really think that when we when i after we had grace that the part of the point is is that it's a hard decision and there are so many for all of us you know sitting here and around the globe life is not you know easy right and there are hard choices and life can be hard and so you know it and my story it's going to be hard whether you keep the child right and it's going to be really hard for you when if you abort it it's just which one are you choosing and which one has long-term um, effects with the with the um, 
hope that you are not regretful when you can speak about it. And that really, I know that sounds very basic, but at the core, I thought I want to do this right so that later as I tell my friends and I tell my children, because we at that point knew we um, had genetic testing done and we could have more children, that I want to speak with confidence and give the glory to God that look what he has done without saying, I don't know if she, I don't know if she felt pain. I don't know. I don't know if she, you know, and I just feel in my heart a still a huge hole that I don't know when I meet Grace in heaven, is she going to say, you know, I, I why didn't you love me a little bit? You're right. That it was hard mm. for me. It was hard for me. And so dude, that gets kind of deep actually, yeah. but I, those are, those are the things that are real that as you make these decisions, you think, where do I want to be in 10, 20, 30 years? What does, I know that I don't, is God is not giving me the path or the magic envelope to show me what to do, but I know what he is saying, which is put your faith in me. It's a blind faith. It's a shadow step, but I will provide. How? So I can see that. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask what, what kind of, cause so many women are, are or the women who face this kind of situation, um, and you know, the whole family does. But what kind of pressure is there from the medical community, the doctors? I mean, at that time, did you feel like they were leaning towards, hey, you you need to end this pregnancy? Um, that yeah. that kind of thing. Because yeah. people look to their medical professionals yeah. as the experts, yeah. and then later on, they may think, yeah. well, why did I listen to them? Well, they don't. So, so how, how was right. that in well, your situation? Yeah, well, you know what? That's a great question, Scott. I mean, I'll tell you that, um, you know, I, I think I am so thankful and really quite humble that God, you know, equipped my spouse and I um, to have good counsel. I mean, I will tell you that, and I know from counseling other women who are in a situation where they're like either the, you know, the child is, you know, lethal or they're in a, bad spot, right? That they don't have that. And so that the, uh, the, uh, an abortion is a band-aid. I mean, I will just, I will just say that loud and clear. It is a band-aid for the situation. And that's whether it's a child like ours, Grace, or it's a, it's a pregnancy that you didn't plan on is that it's really just to, you know, get you to the next step, right? But the reality is then at the next step, where are you mentally? And I think mental health is a huge part of this actually. And it became a huge, um, goal of mine as we kept the baby that, that, um, I would feel mentally secure and solid in the choices that I was making for later so that I, you know, whatever life was bringing that, that I felt certain of where my child was and, and is, was she loved? And, um, did she know that her parents loved her and she was worthy and that she was, you know, that she was made, you know, by God. Um, now I know that not everyone's a believer, but I also know that that there are lots of reasons on the mental health side for when these women get abortions that, you know, they still have all the hormones and they still get put in the wheelchair and they still get wheeled out and they mm -hmm. still feel bad and they still have life to go back to. And they still, you know, have to go to work and think through what just happened. They, they know it was alive. I mean, right? I mean, we know. Yeah. I mean, that is that is the biggest lie, um, and that is the narrative that is not being put out there. Is that, in essence, it really is just oppressive for women because, but you just can't see it. You know that that is the whole side of of um, 
abortion that is really quite ugly and I think, frankly, mm-hmm. oppressing is that um, is that um, there is an aftermath. <laughs> there is an aftermath. And, and for me, when I would counsel these women, I would say it is going to be hard now. This situation is hard or it's going to be hard later. So if you choose abortion, just know what you are walking into. And I think that is the lie that the that the 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 um, people of, of you know, the pro-life, you know, orb are not, are not giving. And that's oppressive to women. And I think they frankly would be shocked to hear me say that because, you know, they, they are, they are fitting it as women, you know, uplifting uh, to women. But the reality is, is these women are just living in internal pain. They are. And it's a lie to say that they're not. Well, let me, right? let me ask y'all as, um, as y'all are all ladies, um, apparently, regardless of what half the people know. in the country <laughs> say, yes. uh, because I look at the pro-choice community, I look at the response that's happening in Roe v. Wade, and there, I mean, it's astounding to me. Some of the women, I'm trying to be respectful, screaming, crazy, crazy, almost possessed, just so much anger. And I've thought, and that's why I'm asking ladies, that it's a, a mental health issue dealing with maybe something they did Maybe they had an abortion, whatever, mm-hmm. and it's it's just taking its toll. I mean, is, is that part of what is going on? I know some of them yeah. have it and they're young and they're just taking part in the marches, but I think that's got to be part of the anger of like, don't you, I can do it, don't tell me. You know what I'm saying? Well, you, counsel, and and Holly, you as well, these women, probably more, I, I have two adopted children, but I don't interact with the mothers as much. Yeah. But I would think part of it is just the shame coming out and that you have to defend your actions. You have to at all costs. Mm-hmm. I would say to some extent so you can sleep at night, you know, and you right. can go on with life. I'm guessing that's a lot I of would, it. I would agree. I think that there's so much hurt. I think we, um, mm-hmm. for example, when I ran for office and we put up our pro-life ad and, and we told the story of one of our kids asking what would happen if you didn't have me, and then erasing the family tree, um, we got such hate from people, but it was more Mm. from men than it was from women. And so interesting. Very interesting. And so I really believe if we consider the heart of man, that for that moment, they were convicted Mm. over what they did. And women as well. I was banned from reading the comments, but I was told that the vicious comments were coming from men. Um, but I do believe that they're convicted over that. They do understand what they're doing. And like Holly said, it is a Band-Aid because when we seek to take this into our own hands, planned or not, what we're doing is we're eliminating the grace of God. And we're saying my situation is so bad, whether it's a, a baby with a, with a born dying diagnosis or I just don't want it. Right. We are eliminating God's grace from the situation instead of saying, this isn't what I planned, but I need some help. And 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 that's, though, what we feel and what we're hearing from from these women. And that and the good news is, on the flip side, though, when we see the anger, we contrast that with all the work that's going on in the pro-life community and the 2,700 centers and the hundreds of thousands of actually millions of dollars raised, gifts given to these babies, the support that really is there. Right. But because of the common narrative— they're not hearing it. Like Holly said, the, the narrative is that we're horrible. We want to repress women. We hate women. Nothing could be further from the right. truth. Um, but I don't know. 
and and I'm really thinking. Well, I was going to say it's a human rights. The more the more you get on there, I mean, it's human rights. I mean, they're human, and right. And so you know, you get on there whether it's like having empathy for um for you know um the unborn, right? Whether it's you know you see them, you know the with the with um, children just, you know, getting the school shootings. I mean, whether it's end of life issues, whether it's, you know, global issues and and um, poverty. I mean, all of those, right, are human rights. God loves humans who he made and created in his image. And so there's a part of me that I, it, it, I believe it's a human rights issue because they are human. And so all these rabbit holes that they are taking us down, you know, and, and you've named quite a few of them, right? And it's all garbed in, you know, lifting up women. It, it's just it's just a smokescreen, right? For let's let's just acknowledge that they're a, that's a human being. And it kind of blows my mind that they then can't say as they are very human rights, uh, you know, um, pro um, human rights, right, as as AOC and, and all these, you know, um, Democratic um, senators and congressmen, wh why are they not then saying, but wait a minute, we're not protecting these humans. I mean, like, if you are so human rights, it just blows my mind mm -hmm. that that this is not seen in that same circle of human a human we need to protect humans they you know they are precious and they are made and i think it's just so easy to get into these smoke screen issues and they see this side the 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 pro um the pro-life is not a human rights issue and i would completely disagree with that completely well i think that's the crux so. of the issue and really i don't know how you <laughs> come to um, agreement or any way forward together because the other side does not see an unborn child in the womb as a human. And if you can't agree on that, right. you never really end up in the same place, which causes us to have to stand up and speak louder and lobby on those children more so and to be willing to talk about the stories of and I don't, I think as believers, it, it's easy for me to say this and I've developed into this and in my relationship with God, but I go back to whatever it is when my mom was dying of brain cancer and it was awful, but you go, okay, God is still sovereign. God is either sovereign or he's not. Right. There's no and between. we don't get to pick and choose when he is or was, he isn't just because we don't like what's happening. And there's a lot of comfort right. in that. A lot of people are really offended when you say that, yes. but there's a lot of comfort in knowing that God is the maker and the keeper of life. And that informs your decision. And you, I'm sure you look back and wonder, but you made the decision and you can rest well in that because um, it wasn't up to you. Yeah. So I, the right. courage, right. I want to hear what happened in the hospital and what it was like when you got to hold your baby girl and well before we get there what what did the doctors recommend i'm, I'm kind of missing a step they, here they they recommended abortion they recommended no, abortion they, and, yeah they recommend no yeah they recommended abortion i mean it was because they're they, you know because at, at at the time at a medical university of uh, south carolina where i was delivering they had not seen um there had not been one born as and that was in wow. 2001. Mm -hmm. That's so um, that became a whole different, yeah, that became a whole different issue as far as getting um, what they were going to wow. do with her once she was born. So when I say that it changed a healthcare system, you know, we, we, I think that going back to human rights, you're saying what makes a person, what makes a history maker in this world, you know, what, 
you know, what are we doing on this earth and leaving it as a better place? You realize there's a child that lived most of her life in utero and 12 hours out and she, she changed a healthcare system. Mm. Wow. So those are the things that are powerful moments for each person is, you know, I'm sure you have them with, with, with your, your mom, Allison and, and Amy Beth, clearly I know your story and all the, the intricacies of the stories that we hold dear, you know, um, to ourselves that you think, especially as a believer, that there is a hope that God is using it for good, right? And so he doesn't have to show us, but I will say in his graciousness, we were able to see um, as we made the decision to keep her and we walked the uh, the university through how to handle a lethal child, um, how to handle it at a teaching hospital where we didn't want her, you know, unnecessarily poked or prodded because we didn't know how much time. I mean, all these right. different things that we had to do. And then, um, you know, the, 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 way that um i think that you will understand as believers and you know it's my hope for women who then seek christ first and foremost that's more important than any of this and then they are able to walk in faith somehow um in their life and see god's goodness but at the end of delivering her uh she was in for uh live for 12 hours but as she passed the two uh the, the two physicians who signed off on her uh, death certificate were part of the Bible study that Amy and Beth and I were part oh, of wow. uh, and Christian believers. And uh, both of those uh, women, um, um, Sarah and Tina, then were there and signed off um, as just part of like God just wrapping wow. his arms around us. So, Holly, how about the time when she was delivered and um, mm -hmm. she lived? And then you had made a request, but somebody yeah. went to get some food. You took <laughs> yes. a shower. Walk us through that. So, um, so these are the these are the things that um, when I counsel Scott, you were asking about like um, what they advised. And you know, I'm not a. I don't know if you remember the prayer of Jabez. Yes. Remember that yeah. came out. Um, okay, that came out about this time. And so you're going to see the salty side of me. But I will tell you what, when that that thing came out when grace was being born, and the whole thing was please expand my territory. And I remember thinking, dear Jesus, there's no way that I am praying that at this point in my life, because I'm kind of at capacity, right? Do you remember the whole book was like, yeah. hey, right. just pray and expand me. And I was thinking, Oh, Jesus, I'm kind of expand anymore. I think I'm not asking for any more right now, but, um, but, um, anyway, so going back the, they, they had advised. And I, what I think my point with that is, is I'm not advocating for hard things. I think sometimes, you know, it, it feels like, um, well, Hey, you know, just bring it on. And, you know, the reality is I didn't, I didn't want that. Right. I, I didn't ask, I didn't ask for this, you know, and in keeping her, I wasn't asking to make, you know, on purpose late, make myself and become a martyr and, you know, just woe is me. It was, it really was about who is getting the, the glory in the situation, whose child it was. And, and, and it was, and it was not mine. Um, and so in, in that, um, we had to make all these plans in the hospital and some of it was the do not resuscitate. So, you know, mm -hmm. this has, this is, I think, I know there's been articles that have been written about this and, you know, I know there's different points of view. Um, and I think that I would say within that, that if I give a lot of grace towards people who are truly trying to seek what, see God's face, I really do. 
Uh, we lived all over the world. And I do think it comes in a lot of different shapes and sizes and maybe not necessarily how I would do it. But we, we put on a do not resuscitate for her. Um, and most of it was because we didn't feel like we were going to take any extraordinary means and that would make, that would even be shots. That would even be, you know, that we'd give her food and water, but we were not going to resuscitate her and prolong her through, you know, extraordinary means so that she would just be in pain. That was our, that was our path towards whatever, however long God was going to have her here, that we were going to make her comfortable, but we were not going to take, you know, crazy means um, to that end. So she was very comfortable. So she started labor breathing about 11 hours, um, into it. So we, you know, the, 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 and I think she was throwing up some of the water cause she couldn't breathe correctly and, or eat correctly. It was asked, she was aspirating. So one of the nurses took her out and, um, wanted to clean her up a little bit. Well, as she walked out of the hallway, um, and we said, please don't take her out, please don't take her out. But again, we're tired as you can imagine having children. We are, you know, many hours into this and kind of seen blurry, I think, but they took her out and, and she did crash. Um, she did crash and we didn't know it. Um, and there was do not resuscitate on all the doors on everything she was a part of. Um, and we just wanted her to pass peacefully. Well, they left and, um, she crashed. And so, uh, within about five minutes and we, we kind of, I'm piecing this, um, futuristically, putting all the pieces together so we knew what happened. But the nurse took her out, she crashed. Another nurse who brought came brought her in and said, here's your baby. Um, and uh, we didn't know she had crashed. And within about probably five minutes, she did die. Um, and that nurse left. Well, about 10 minutes later, they came in to come get her. And the nurse said, um, hey, um, how did you get your baby back? And uh, we said, well, the, the nurse brought her back in. She goes, no, 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 I took her out and she crashed. How is the baby back in here? How is the baby back in here? Well, our two friends who then signed the death certificate said um, that basically the, the, the child had crashed and there was a nurse that they have no record of, they have no vision on, and it was the one, they, they can describe her, but it was the one that brought her back into the room and um, gave grace back to us alive and then uh, we had about five minutes with her before she died and so from from my perspective um oh, wow. that to me that means there was some there was a god in his graciousness allowed um wow something not of this world um to bring her back to us so that we could say goodbye wow cool. amen what a gift i uh yeah, that's a little more than I can take. Yeah. Yeah, don't expand my boundaries or expand my boundaries <laughs> yeah. right now. I mean, we'll, we'll wait a little while longer on that. That is that is an amazing story, but that's what, I mean, God can do what he wants to do. God can do what he wants to do. And that's what happens in the middle of excruciating pain and suffering is that he does things like that. Um, Holly. Well, let me ask one quick question. How, yeah. much, how much did that, when you found that out and kind of realized that, um, that had to help? In the entire process. I mean, you know, God is with you, you know, God is for us, but just having an extraordinary yeah. situation like that on top yeah. of an extraordinary situation has got to be yeah. a real blessing. Yeah. Um, you know what it is? Um, and I will just tell you, um, all of you, you know, again, and I, I feel like, you know, this is a little bit about me, but it's really not, it's really about 
how we all have a story. And I, I really, those who have one know what that is, right? They know that mountaintop where they've had, had to come to a crossroad and say, okay, who's getting the glory in this? He is greater than I, right? It's the second Corinthians 12, nine, which is your grace is sufficient for me. Um, and, you know, I will be made, um, I will be, be made powerful in weakness. And so those times, as you talk about the aftermath, those are really the times that I think is the sweetness of a hard situation and um, really then the refining of a person's faith mm -hmm. and the refinement of what you really believe God can do not only for yourself, but for others. So I think that then my passion for these young ladies um, and frankly, my my teenage daughters and um, my son and their peers is that they don't, I want them to know the goodness of what God can do. It's not, don't do the flippant Band-Aid, right? Because the reality is that does not allow the fullness of what God is going to do for you. Mm. And, and with the plans that he has for these these children. Right. And so I think that is precious. And I think that that, that um, narrative is getting lost um, on this generation that um, it, there's the, these flippant statements and there's how many political issues that, you know, there's the, just the flip of a three letter sentence that they say is really, is, is really, un, it doesn't justify what God is probably going to do in that situation, the sweetness of how he's going to refine them as individuals and um, really work in their lives long term. And um, I would say that um, I would never say I would want this because mm. uh, I think that uh, that's just truth. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I do. But I do believe that I am a better parent. I believe I'm a more compassionate individual no matter the choices that are made. I believe I'm a better friend. I believe I'm a better listener. And I also think I'm a um, truer believer in God's plan. And not because I like them all, but because I believe he is good and he will um, follow it to completion. Amen. Wow. Well said. I mean, what do you say after that? I don't know. <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh, there's, it's just we had church today. Great, uh -huh. Yeah, I feel like. It's just such a powerful reminder that it really doesn't matter if it's 12 hours or 12 years or 120 years, like God uses every life. And I think about my two kids or sweet Amy Beth. Okay. I'm going to cry. When I said sweet Amy Beth. <laughs> no, I'm going to cry. Okay. Don't you know, like if their lives, if Grace's life had never been here, I mean, think about that little girl for 12 hours and the nine months before potentially changed so many lives and the trajectory of so many families just from your story and being able to minister to these other moms and parents that are going through something like right. this. And it's really impactful. And I feel like we're so caught up yes. in the next big dumpster fire out in the world. Like stop and think that like God is ordering all of this all the time whatever it is. And it's just, it's overwhelming and I'm going to cry. And so now I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> oh, well, I, I, it's, I, it's, it's good. It is so good. Is good. And I think in God's economy, you know, watching this story as a young mom and watching their family go through this, um, it changes a person yeah. because you think, I cannot believe, you know, you're pro-life and you know that as an adopted person, this is very sensitive um, but like 
like Holly says, you also have extreme compassion on the women who think this, that's their only option. And it's not. That's right. But in God's right. economy and in his world, he, we have to take seriously the admonition that in this world, you will have trouble. Mm. Right. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And in our, in our rush to avoid suffering, we also then avoid yes. all the good that he, he wants to do. Right. And I think That's that right. is, we're missing mm -hmm. that. We're missing that depth because we've all been there, right? We've all been through really hard things and it's changed us because God's changed us and he's done it for, yeah. like you taught me all those years ago, Holly, for his glory and our good. And that's what, and that's right. something that I've carried with me for 22 years is that very statement is for mm -hmm. his good and for, uh, for his glory and our good, but also that he's not up there like a school mom. Remember this from Bible study waiting to get us. That's right. not how yeah. it goes. That's right. It's just, he is either, like that's you right. said a minute ago, he's sovereign or he's not. Right. And he's got us that's or right. he doesn't. And we choose to believe that he does even in excruciating pain. And I think sometimes pro-lifers yeah. are kind of pictured or uh, by the folks who are for abortion as, well, you think you're perfect, you're preaching to me or whatever. And I think sometimes oh, we gosh. all have to step back and go, no, we're, we're all, we all mess up. We've all done all these things. And there are so many um, guidelines that God has given us. Hey, if you want to be blessed, do this. If you want to be blessed, do this. If you want to be blessed, trust me in this. And we all have our things that we're like, oh, no, God, I got this part. And, yeah. and, and we don't catch the blessings either because we've made choices that are, right. you know, just as bad, just as dumb, just as idiotic as, as some of the choices people make. Right. So we're not saying we're oh, perfect. Gosh, we're no. just trying to say, hey, don't let's don't have this as a policy. Let's let's try to help people not do That's this right. because we're all thinking right. calmly right now and giving good advice. That's right. That's exactly That's right. right. And, and I would parlay on that, Scott, that I think that's the narrative that probably upsets me the most. I remember walking into, we were military at the time, walking into a, a big party after I had the baby, after I had Grace, and uh, someone coming up to me saying, oh my gosh, I'm just so frightened that no one t gave you good education on what your options were. Oh. And oh. I, that has stuck with me for forever because what it really means is that the narrative that's getting out is that those who have, who don't think and have wisdom take the road of you know, keeping the baby and valuing the human life and, and the, the Band-Aid, which truly is deeper and, and, and just wrecks havoc on a woman is somehow the smarter. And so I, I just remember that thinking, wait a minute, th this is this is 20 some years ago, right? Yeah. right? And so you're so right that we've got to do both. And I tell that to my daughters, they say, well, what about the children that are in foster care? What about the young, you know, women in poverty? What about like when we were in Ethiopia and we saw all the fistula clinics from women that were mm. 12 and 13 mm. having children? And I think, okay, you know, these are not all the same, right? They're all human rights. We love them all. And so let's take them sequentially. Let's deal with them all, right? Education is important. Dealing with poverty, important. Foster care, important. And Christians should be in the middle. But it's not like abortion did anything for those entities. I mean, let's not, mm, <laughs> let, let's right. not uh, kid ourselves. If, if we right. say let's do pro-choice and abortions everywhere, it's not like those areas are going away, right? 
I mean, you know, mm -hmm. and you would think they would um, based on what the reporting you see. Right. Um, so I, I just think that, you know, to parlay on what you said, Scott, you know, I just think the narrative has to be that um, there's there all these issues are good things to address. Right. right. And 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 it's big. It's a stew. It's a big stew for sure. Hmm. Uh, but the right heart towards it makes a big difference. So. Wow. So any any last thoughts as we uh, wrap up today? And thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. But any any parting parting wisdom as you've poured out so much on us I today? You said partying. <laughs> and I was like, I can't no, that'll be next yet. time we get together. <laughs> and what are resources uh, yeah, out party. there for? Do you have um, an organization or some sort of way that parents um, in your position? making these decisions can reach out? Well, I think, you know, I think that, you know, Amy Beth has said, I think the, the, many of the, we supported a low country, um, you know, uh, pregnancy center down when we were down in Charleston. And we really uh, um, felt like it was really important that we showed that it was important. So, uh, you know, there was a, a, a couple um, women there who basically wanted to keep the babies, but they couldn't get a job because they didn't have a car. I mean, it came down to a car. Wow. And we walked in and we saw a woman in there and she literally was teetering because she had no way to support because she couldn't get to her job. Right. And she had nothing else, no boyfriend, you know, no family. And we were, you know, saying, what can we do? And we were in the middle of getting rid of the, rid of this Honda Accord because we had one too many children. So we were getting a swagger wagon. <laughs> and the reality is, you know, we recognized that it was, um, we used it as a yeah. tithe, you know, and, and that to us became then, so we gave the car. We gave the car, we were like, it was on our hearts. And I'm not saying that is the secret sauce, but what I am saying is that I think those are the things that will turn the tide in the narrative on us being like you're saying, kind of perfect and uncaring. And we don't really, we just say it, but we don't really do anything. And I think that's really important, not only for our children to see, but the people that we are saying life matters to say, no, it really matters here. Okay, so a car, that's what you're needing, okay you know what, I'm going to call, we're going to do something about that. We're going to get you a bus back. Okay, let, let's do something here. Yeah. We can do that. Hmm. So I think those are really, Allison, I think that is the stuff that's the grassroots effort that really will change a community and change one life at a time. Yeah, I agree. So. Absolutely. Thank you, Holly. We appreciate your story and whew, it was, it was impactful. Absolutely. I've only cried on one other. No, that's, you cry like oh, I cried. We cried. We cried. We're all crying. Um, thank Sweet. you. I love you. Well, I, I will appreciate you coming. Well, Hey, I'm sorry. I made y'all cry. The next show we're going to, we're going to do stories of, of Amy Beth and, and Holly, and those ones will be uh, <laughs> yes. laughter and, um, and Bill and Holly uh, and possibly he hawing and a, a, a snort coming out of Amy Beth's mouth. So, <laughs> I need some water. Thank you so much. Out of the laugh. <laughs> Any last words from y'all? Thank you so much, Holly. Um, in show notes, we will post resources for women. We've listed that. We've got several organizations, Charlotte Lozier. We have National Right to Life. We have Standing With You. We have several groups that are national that you can plug in locally, statewide, or nationwide if you want to be involved. But there are efforts exactly like Holly's described, and we want you to have them 
because we want you to see that we really are out there and it really is happening. And we would love for you to see it, use those if you need them or join in the work if that's what you'd like to do. Absolutely. Thank all of you. Thank very you. Much. And thank you for watching thank Alabama you. Unfiltered. So oh, absolutely. Thanks for being on. Thank you for watching Alabama Unfiltered this week. Please tell some other people about this program. Give us a thumbs up, five stars. Share it on your social media. This show is growing by leaps and bounds because of you and the two ladies that are over here. Thanks for watching. <laughs> See y'all.